set those down. Yep, there. Thank you. It's great to be here again. We love you with the love of the Lord. Uh, Dr. A is in the house. Woo! Dr. Anderson is in the house. Uh, we love Dr. A. Thank you for the many opportunities you have given me to serve here. Spiritual Emphasis Week, dating and relationship seminars, uh, just all kinds of stuff. Been on the board for, I don't know, 25, 26 years, on the executive committee five or six years. Just love what God is doing here at North Central. Love our faculty, our staff. Love our students. We are so excited about your future and how God is going to use you. We have had an intern at Stone Creek Church this past year by the name of Seth McMullen, and uh, he was going to go to another school. I won't say it was in Florida. Anyhow, uh, but he saw the light. He's coming here now. Seth has been with me all week. Seth, will you stand up? Good to have you here, Seth. Uh, he's staying in the dorms. Was I'm so sorry that I did not get to the prayer meeting last night, but I took my grandchildren to Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, it was okay. It was okay. Uh, Pastor Doug and uh, Micaiah, thank you so much for uh, being such servants, coming up here once a month, all the travel arrangements and all of that. We just really, really appreciate it. Uh, Professor Burrell, wow, what a great message yesterday. Woo, come on. Yeah. It's so true. We don't know each other's stories, and if we will just take time to share our story, listen to each other, it just helps us to understand and appreciate each other so much more. Um, hey, President-elect is here, and I want him to come up and greet us, and he's got some special guests here that I've been able to meet, and I really want them to uh, feel welcome here at North Central. That's awesome, Gary. I'll just <clears throat> take, take 10 seconds here. I do appreciate this man. He undersells his age, because uh, most of you don't know, he actually was part of the crew that built Miller Hall right back 100 years ago. <laughs> he laid bricks. How many love this guy? This is a great, great gift. Um, in worship, just so tremendous. My daughter was, was uh, solidified her whole NCU experience at NCU Days back in 2002 or three when she came here on a visit just like this. Um, and I was thinking about back to my college days. I just want to say this in 10 seconds. I was sitting in chapel one day as a freshman, and I thought about one, one of my friends from my hometown. His name was Bobby Johnson. Uh, we graduated high school together, but he did not come to college to Bethany, which was like North Central. I was there, and I kept thinking about this is a perfect fit for my friend Bobby. I, made a, I went to a payphone, called up Bobby, and I said, hey, Bob, you got to come next year to Bethany. This place is changing my life. That simple phone call and idea that I planted it in one of my friends from my hometown changed his life. It planted a seed. He came to Bethany, graduated, has had a powerful life of leadership and, and ministry. Think about one person from your hometown that you can call to say, hey, I know you're maybe at junior college, you're not in school right now, you're graduating from high school, a kid from the youth group. 
you got to come to North Central next year with me. Plant the seed, make the phone call, send them a text, say, you were on my heart today. Would you consider coming to school with me and bring one friend from your hometown back to this place next, uh, next fall? Um, I just want to say, John Wetmore, uh, if I was in college, he'd be my roommate. John, would you stand up? This is a very dynamic man from California. Look at him right there. That's John Wetmore. He flew out. He's hanging out at North Central for a couple days and a great longtime best friend. But I also have a Seth in my life. His name is Andy Toft. Andy, would you stand up? Andy drove 20 hours from Sacramento to be here last night with his mom from Spokane. And uh, Andy's coming as a freshman. God bless Gary. Preach it up. Thank you. John chapter 14. We will be looking at John chapter 14, a few verses there. Let me tell you a quick story to kind of set up where I'm going today. Uh, thank you again for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for opening up your heart and your lives to me. I just All the professors that have allowed me to teach in your class, I hope it's contributing to what you're trying to do with your students each and every semester. Back in the 1500s, Michelangelo uh, did a lot of paintings in the Sistine Chapel there in Rome, Italy, perhaps some of you have seen them. I think they're called fresco paintings. And there was one painting. It was of the last days. It was the judgment painting, I believe it was called. And they would burn candles in that room. Here's a picture of it. And the soot from those candles over literally uh, dozens of years, perhaps over 100 years of use, it just completely covered up that beautiful painting. Back in the 1990s, there was a several million dollar project to restore that painting and bring it back to its original beauty. And this picture really does not do it justice. If you could see it in person, if you could see it up closer. But nevertheless, you can see how intricate it is. You can see all the different colors. You can see the detail of it. What an incredible gift to humanity Michelangelo was. The soot had to be removed so that the people could view the beauty of his creation, his gift that he gave to the world. And God has kind of used me in that way in regards to the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I don't want us to leave the Holy Spirit out. We are Trinitarian. We believe in the love of God. We believe in the forgiveness of the Son but we often treat the Holy Spirit as some mystical force. We sing to the Father, we sing to the Son, we often do not sing, at least very often, we do not sing to the person of the Holy Spirit. In our English language, we use the definite article, the, before we talk about the Holy Spirit. It's just kind of the way it is. In a lot of languages, it's not that way. I've been associated with Korean-American churches for decades, and particularly people from Korea, when they talk about Holy Spirit, they just simply talk about Holy Spirit. They do not put the definite article in there. So today, I want to try and demystify the person and work of the Holy Spirit a little bit. I got this revelation, this insight, in last month's prayer meeting when I was here for praise gathering. And I just shared it briefly, and so I've written a little message on it, how we can develop our relationship with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Let me say this before we read any text, and I want to say another real short little prayer. Whenever the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, His work is two-dimensional. It's at the same time. 
He's always taking us deeper in God, and he's always sending us farther out into the world. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, the great purposes of the Holy Spirit, is to give us victory and power over this sinful life, to bring the Word of God alive to us, but also to thrust us out so men and women, young people, boys and girls can have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's have a little prayer. Holy Spirit, we do praise you. We do worship you. We ask you to give us revelation today. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. Forgive us for grieving you. Forgive us for ignoring you. Forgive us for not being uh, listening the way we should to your voice. Thank you, Father, you sent the Son. Thank you, Jesus, you sent the Spirit to make the love of God real, to make the forgiveness of Jesus Christ real to our hearts. So speak to us right now, we pray, in Jesus' name. Um, Donna and Paris, thanks for coming to the Home Missions Dinner over in St. Paul. Hector, if you're here today, thank you so much for being here. Four-dimensional relationship that you and I can have with the Holy Spirit. The first one is with, and we will look at our scripture from John chapter 14. Uh, only on the screen we will have verse 17, but I'll start reading at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments, or you will keep my commandments. And I pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells what? Will you say that with me? With you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is with you. I want you to understand if you are praying for unsaved relatives and friends, whether they recognize it or not, the Holy Spirit is with them. He is striving with them. In Genesis 6-3, God said, My spirit will not always strive with man. The indication is God's spirit will strive with man. You do not know what people are thinking about when they lay their head down on their pillow at night. You do not know the thoughts that are going on in a person's mind and in, a heart when, in their heart when they are alone and they're being contemplative. The Holy Spirit is with us. Jesus said, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. How does he do that? By sending us the parakletos, the Holy Spirit, the helper, the one coming alongside us. In fact, that's what the word means. It means alongside or closer beside. Here's a picture of Dave Reese. He does our biker ministry and our prison ministry at Stone Creek Church. Um, I'm just going to tell you what Dave says. When Dave sh shares his testimony, you know Dave Reese, uh, Dr. A. You've preached at Stone Creek Church many times. You've done leadership gatherings there. He's so full of the Spirit. He's so full of God. He wins souls. Uh, the next picture is him doing a wedding. Last year, he did more weddings than Ricky Spindler and I put together, who's now the lead pastor of Stone Creek Church. He's just an amazing man of God. He goes out to Pine Ridge Indian Reservation 
three, four, five, six times a year. It's like a 23-hour drive or so from Urbana, Illinois, and does all kinds of ministry there. God has given him favor with the tribal chiefs. He goes into the sweat tents. He does it all for Jesus. I'm just going to tell you what he said when he got saved. He said, and his beard was down to here, his hair was down to here. He said, all, all I wanted to do was drink beer, join the army, and go kill people. That's what he said. His wife came to Christ. His in-laws started praying for him. She came to our church. We got, her on our, got him on our prayer list. We started praying for him. His life was crashing. He was so addicted. He tried to kill his life. He tried to take his life two different times, and both times, right before he crashed his motorcycle into a concrete embankment, he had this sensation. He heard this voice say to him, I have something for you. I have, the second time, he woke up out of a coma for three days, and he heard that voice say again, I have something for you. Theologically, that's called pre-salvation grace. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is with you. It's not all up to you. You can depend upon the person and the work of the Holy Spirit through your life. Secondly, Jesus said in our text that the Holy Spirit is in or within us. That's where you hear the voice of God. The voice of God is not out here somewhere. The voice of God is on the inside. We spend time in His Word. We spend time in simple prayer, devotions. That's what we do. We get used to the presence of the Lord. We get used to His presence, and all of a sudden, we have an understanding, an interpretation, a revelation of his voice because that's what we believe mystically by faith. The Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. Another dimension of a relationship that you and I can have with the Holy Spirit is that we can be led by the Holy Spirit. That literally means to be carried by the Holy Spirit. I was telling one of the classes about a Baptist pastor friend of mine who called me. I used to do the Pastor's Prayer Network in our community for 10 years. He said, Gary, I'm on vacation. have this businessman and his family. They're really going through a rough time. I don't know what's going on, but I know it's spiritual, and they need to come to see you today. I said, my schedule is absolutely booked up. I will skip lunch. I'll give them 50 minutes. Uh, Here's the time that I, I would be able to see him. He called him. He called him back. They came. I didn't have time to build up pastoral relationship. I didn't have time to build up trust and all that. I had about 10 minutes between my last appointment and this couple coming in, and I just walked back and forth in my office and used my prayer language, my heavenly language, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, help me. Help me. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, direct me. Help me to use me to help this person. And they came in, and both him and his wife, they hadn't slept for five or six nights. I'd established the fact that they confessed Jesus as their Savior. They were born-again Christians. I established the fact that they believed in the Word of God. And he's talking almost incoherently. I could hardly understand what he was saying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said to me, ask him about his father. That's all I got. Ask him about his father. 
And that's the way that we move in the gifts of the Spirit. That's the way we are led by the gifts of the Spirit. You prophesy in part. You don't get a whole bunch. You don't get a whole linear list. You just get a little bit. And then as you step out in obedience, He will be there to give you more. He will work. And I said, "Uh, excuse me, sir, Uh, what is it about your father? I tell you the truth. He fell out of the chair he was sitting in and in the fetal position began to weep and sob. His wife explained to me that him and his father were more like best friends and his father had died unexpectedly of a heart attack and he just could not get over the grief. And he went online and he learned how to call up his father's spirit. An evil spirit took on the form and the voice of his father And for about six or seven days, him and his wife were conversing with what they thought was his deceased father. She explained that to me in just a few minutes. And I went down and knelt beside him and I said, shh, shh, settle down, settle down, settle down, shh. And I said, you've given your life to Jesus. You're a born-again Christian. I held my Bible up. I said, you believe in the authority of God's word. The key to your deliverance is repentance. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer of repentance. And you're going to be free from this grief. You're going to be free from this spirit that is showing up in your home. They hadn't slept. Their daughter hadn't slept. And and they even told me afterwards their dog was misbehaving. That's bad when a dog misbehaves. Listen, I didn't know anything about this person. I didn't know anything about the trouble they were going through. The Holy Spirit led me. This is one of the things that it means to lead Pentecostally, is to be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't make a big production out of it. Just say, may I pray with you? And as you pray with that person, pray as you feel led. One other relationship that I think that we can have with the Holy Spirit, and that is we need to allow Him to come upon us. It's the Greek word epi. It says in Acts 1.8, Jesus said you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you. It's not that hard to be Spirit-baptized. You did not earn your salvation. You will never earn your Spirit-baptism. When you were saved, you had to allow Jesus Christ to save you. And it's the same way with the Spirit baptism. All you have to do is allow the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Simple little illustration with a pitcher of water and a glass. We give our lives to Jesus Christ. And yes, the Holy Spirit is in us. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we allow the Holy Spirit to, to epe, to come up on us, what happens is, is not only is the Holy Spirit in us, but He's underneath us, He's around us, He's over us, and that little splash out is the tongues. That's what it is. It's really not that hard. Stand with me, will you please? Stand with me. Hallelujah. Great job, Brother Jeff and the man band up here. You guys just did great. The man band. Just as you could not save yourself, you cannot live this Christian life 
on your own power. You cannot do Christian service, be it marketplace, local church, or parachurch, on your own synergy, energy, intellect, strength, personality. You need the person and work of the Holy Spirit leading you, directing you, empowering you, being with you, being in you. Silly story of a man who bought a refrigerator, spent a lot of money on it, had all the bells and whistles. He was so excited, he took stuff out of his old refrigerator, put it in his new one. Could not wait till the next morning to get his breakfast ready for his family and all of that. He comes down after a night's rest and here the ice cream had melted. Things in the refrigerator were spoiled. It was not on. He calls the company and he's really irate. I spent a lot of money on this. This was supposed to be the best one and it doesn't work. And the person on the other end of the line said, put your ear up to it. Do you hear a motor running? He did. Nope, don't hear a motor running. Open the door. Did a light come on? No, a light didn't come on. Some of you are already ahead of me, but this is my story. <laughs> said, look around the back of the refrigerator. There's a black cord. Is it plugged in? He said, no, but the money I paid for this, it should work anyhow. Silly story, but it illustrates a point. You can't make it here at North Central on your own strength, your own intellect, your own personality, your own commitment, your own consecration. All those things are important, but you've got to have a relationship with the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. We have classes. We have guests on campus for college days. We're so glad you're here. If you're willing, would you just be, would you just lift your hands? Perhaps you've never talked to the person of the Holy Spirit. Would you do that? Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you, I want you, I ask for you. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you that you are with me, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are in me. Holy Spirit, lead me, direct me, guide me. Show me the way in which I should go. Holy Spirit, come upon me and empower me, Holy Spirit. Help me to be plugged in. Help me to be plugged in. Hallelujah. When I first got a laptop computer, it kept shutting down. I kept rebooting, shutting down, rebooting. My wife came over and picked up the cord and said, should this be plugged in? you got to be plugged in. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, forgive us for grieving you. If you want to come to the altar and find a place to kneel and pray, just step out where you are and just come and kneel and pray or sit before the Lord or stand right now. We have a few minutes before dismissal time. Just a couple minutes. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you were with Dave Reese. You were with us. Even when we want to self-destruct, you are with us. We recognize that you are with us. We listen to your voice within us. Holy Spirit, we want you to lead us, and we want you to come upon us. Hallelujah. Can we just sing hallelujah one time before I dismiss in prayer? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name, blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for North Central University. We thank you for the past. We thank you for the present. We thank you for the future. We thank you for those that are visiting our campus today. We thank you for faculty and staff. We thank you for these wonderful students. Bless them and encourage them and help them to grow in their relationship with you, Holy Spirit, we pray. Dismiss us in your presence now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. God bless you. We love you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord.